Are you a man looking for an intensive program to help you overcome sexually addictive behaviors? Gateway to Freedom is your answer. Gateway to Freedom is a three-day workshop for men seeking to overcome any destructive sexual habits. Whether married, single, or divorced, Gateway to Freedom will help men regain hope for a new life of purity and real contentment. The workshop is conducted by experts in the field of sexual addiction recovery with decades of combined experience. Read testimonials of work Workshop alumni at gatewaymen.com. Get all the info and register online at gatewaymen.com or call 1-800-49-PURITY. Hi, my name is Jonathan, the founder of the Gateway to Freedom Workshop. Our next two workshops are coming up in September, uh, one in Texas and the other one in Pennsylvania. Texas will be September 6th through the 8th, and Pennsylvania will be September 27th through the 29th. Space is limited at these workshops, so please register early. You can register by calling us at 1-800-49-PURITY. That's 1-800-497-8748 or by visiting gatewaymen.com. Good day, listeners. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio Broadcast. My name is Jonathan, and we actually have a local guest with us. We've got Matt Galbraith with us, and so, Matt, thanks for being here today. Thank you, Jonathan. Really appreciate it. Yeah, so, you know, a lot of times when we have guests on the radio program, you know, we're having to do it through Zoom, or we got to do it through some kind of, um, you know, video conferencing thing. So it's always fun to actually have somebody local you know, so of course, you know, even yeah. when we say local in San Antonio, it could still be like forty-five minutes or an hour to get here, right? But yeah, it took me it took me about thirty miles to get here, thirty minutes or so. But yeah, I'm I'm glad to be here with you. Today. Well, that's pretty good to get uh, thirty miles in thirty minutes in San Antonio. You know, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty smooth sailing. Yeah, for sure. That's good. Well, listeners, uh, you know that we talk about this periodically about how we are a listener-supported broadcast, and so the the way that you're hearing us or seeing us is uh, because we've had partners come alongside and and uh, give to this ministry. And we're so grateful for those of you who are partnering with us, especially monthly, because that really helps us to be able to um, make decisions that will help us expand into further markets. So if you'd like to learn about the ways that you can come alongside and support us, just go to puresexradio.com and click on the donate link. So Matt, I want to... Um, I want our listeners to know just a little bit about you, kind of um, um, just a little bit about what your story is, because now you're in this space of ministry where you're really trying to help men just overcome either their addictions to pornography or other kinds of lust struggles and and just really helping them understand how to live lives of sexual integrity. So share with us a little bit about kind of where you've come from to get into this space of ministry. Yeah, yeah. So... Um... So I my my um, pornography was first uh, introduced to me when I was a teenager, and so at the age of sixteen, um, I was shown pornography, and that was when it first entered into my life. And um, I would say first, I I grew up in a, in a in a Christian home. I grew up in a typical um, middle class family, and and we 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 uh, were taught about Jesus. We were taught about the Lord, and and I, I did give my life to the Lord at, at a young age, at seven, and so. Um, but as a teenager, I began to struggle and really kind of not really know who I was and identity and, and things like that. And so um, so as this pornography then was introduced to me, there was something that was um, that just drew me in right away. It, it drew me in, but yet it also I knew it was wrong. 
So, and then, and then being, being a follower of Jesus, I knew it was wrong, but yet I couldn't stop. And so that began, um, about a 20 year on again, off again, addiction Mm -hmm. to, um, to, to porn and into my mid thirties. Um, and, and, and finally, uh, through, um, really, uh, almost losing my marriage was what it took for me to come to the end of myself and to be fully broken, uh, of, of that. And, and that was really the first step for me to, uh, to have in front of me losing everything, uh, the potential of losing, losing my family and my marriage that, that what it took me to, to, to finally begin to get help. Uh, everything I was doing was just trying to manage it in my own way, trying to figure it out in my own way, trying to, fight the battle on my own in isolation. And this was all in the midst of serving in my church, leading Sunday school classes, you know, uh, um, and, and, and all of that, but yet living a double life and living mm-hmm. a life that was, was hidden in isolation. And so, um, so then as I, as that, as that happened, uh, you know, I, I began to pursue, um, uh, redemption and, 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 and healing. And, and the first step in that for me was to actually get my, get my uh, story out there to someone else. I had to finally say, I, you know, I, I need someone else to help me. Yes, Jesus, you, but then I had to begin to open up and share with someone else. And so that was for me, the, really the key was to get over myself and just say, hey, I need to share this with, with, with another brother who I trust. And that, that finally happened. And that was the, the beginning for me of, um, of, of this, uh, you know, redemption and God doing a work in me. Um, and so, so then out of that, then God began to heal me and, and I, I began to experience freedom in that and, and, and renewal in my marriage and my, in my life and, and was just really encouraged by that. And then he began to open up doors for me to, to, to serve other men just out of my church and or kind of organically and just meeting with guys, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, um, and so, um, uh, a couple of years ago, so I was a teacher for 20 years, teacher and a coach. So that's my background. So a couple of years ago, I went through a really tough season just personally, uh, was going through um, some depression and some discouragement uh, vocationally, but just also just individually. And so um, out of that season, God began to really just kind of strip away some things in me that I was really uh, holding on to for my identity again and, and began to kind of rebuild in me. And from I should say too, from my teenage years, I had always kind of had this inkling that that I should pursue ministry full time. Yeah. But I, I pushed. But it this aside. probably wasn't what you had thought of when you would no. have that inkling, right? No, like, I, I don't know I, anybody when they were a kid that says, yeah. "You know what I want to do when I grow up? I want to help people with porn problems." You know, <laughs> that wasn't what I was saying. No, absolutely yeah. not. And and so. And then there was a lot of fear in that. Like, I didn't know sure. what it would look like and like, well, how am I going to provide for my family doing that? So, so again, to, a couple of years ago, going through that difficult season, those questions, God began to give me those questions back. And I began to take them to the Lord again and say, okay, well, what, Lord, what, what if, what if this is possible? What if, you know, is, is it even possible for me to step out in this? And so, um, so as I began to get confirmation in that, um, he kind of took me on this journey of saying, yeah, you know, Matt, I've got this. I want to take your story. I want to take the story, really my story of healing you through this. And I want you to be able to now uh, help other men um, in the same the same struggle, yeah. in the same battle. So let me back up just a little yeah. bit because, um, you know, there's always a starting point to recovery, right? Now, it's not always a clean starting point, right? I think a lot of times we have what I call false starts. You know, we got a lot of, we dip our toe, we do things like this. So I'm curious, just even in your own story, like, 
what really began to expose your secret? Because the thing is, I, I really believe that the only way we fully enter into any kind of recovery is what's in the dark has to come into the light. And I don't Absolutely. think, I'm not saying that it always comes into the light all at once, but there's a point at which the door starts to crack open. In your own life, what began to draw out your secret from the dark? I mean, what kind of circumstances or what kind of things were happening that For began me, to expose your secret? Yeah, yeah. For me, it was it was it was my marriage, uh, my marriage, and 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 just just it was really struggling. And I meaning, was, did your wife know about some things so, that were going on? So or? when I when we when we got first got married, she did not know I had a porn issue, and so that came out within the first few months of of our marriage, and so of course that devastated sure. her, and just and just and so she at that time had asked me to to get help, and I said that I would, but I did not. I did not pursue. I just I just kind of reassured her yeah I'll, I'll work on this and but again like i said for for that next 10 years of my marriage everything i was doing was in my own strength and my own trying to figure it out and just and never pursued help never never really talked to anybody about it um and so she went along with that and, and through god's grace in her and being able to stick with me and stay with me yeah. i only by god's grace are we still to get together today, and I'm, I'm I'm so grateful for that, and for her to be able to have graced me in that, to be able to say, I'm not giving up on you. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that you're doing some things I'm not liking here, but um, and so so really, then it became this this moment in our marriage where it was a make or break time, where it was either I was going to get some help, or that this was wasn't going to. That was yeah. it. And she and and, and so and, and it it was she had every right. In, in that, you know, be able to say, hey, and so so that level of of despair, I guess, or brokenness for me is what it took. I wish it was something else, but it was like, um, you know, her bags were packed and she was ready to go. And I in front of me was this I, this thought of I'm losing my marriage, my family. I'm losing it all. And that was the level of brokenness that God had to take me to to get me to finally say, OK. I'm done. <laughs> and you know, I think that's a yeah. I think that's a place that that does initially motivate yeah. a person to make a decision. Now, not everybody makes a decision. A lot no. of people are still too consumed with with pride and just or just too consumed with uh, fatigue even from yeah. the addiction that a lot of times they don't even have the energy then to say I'm going to do the right thing. Um, but let's talk about that in terms of now how you might go through uh, counseling or coaching someone, a man who comes to you and says, I'm here because, man, I'm about to lose it all. My wife is about to leave me. I might lose my kids. And I know I've got to make a change. Now, how do you take a person from that initial motivation that, let's just put it bluntly, is actually a fear motivation yeah. and ultimately navigate them into what we hope is the long-term better motivation, which is a love motivation. And we can maybe talk about that a little bit later in terms of what do you mean by love motivation? But do not do you see it sometimes where guys can get stuck in that fear mode of like, the only way that I'm ever going to keep going toward integrity is to constantly remind myself that I could lose everything. I mean, yeah. how would you help a guy? I mean, obviously you got to start with where he's at, right? Absolutely. But what are some, uh, so let's talk about two things. First, what, what's the first thing you would say to that guy who's about to lose everything, having been there yourself? 
And then what are some of the things that you might start to move him toward that get him into a healthier motivation for pursuing integrity rather than just he's constantly got to be on, he's got constantly got to be threatened by the loss of something before he's ever going to change. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I I would say I want to, I want to infuse hope. The first thing I want to do, I want to infuse hope that it's, it's, it's more than just saving a family or a marriage that there, I want to, I want to be, uh, encourage them with hope that there is, there is freedom that is available. There is hope to be free from this um, and to encourage them in that and, and to say, hey, um, you know, I would tell them there is there is a way and there is someone that, that, that can provide that through you, through, you know, through, through Christ. And so I want to make sure that I'm that I'm that I'm infusing hope. And then the next thing I, I think I would say to that would be to say, OK, um, you know, where does God fit into all of this in your life? And and because I, I think, honestly, the, the, the hardest step is to to come to the fully to fully come to the end of yourself and to be able to kind of take your hands off the wheel and to be able to say, I'm done trying to control this. I'm done trying to manage it. I'm done with and until you get to, until I got to that point, until you get to that point, you're really just trying to fix all the stuff on the outside, including right. your marriage, including your family. So it's this it's this what I call kind of this recognizing or admitting, Lord, I can't do this anymore. I need you. Lord, um, and, and then say, okay, are you to that point yet? <laughs> and you know what? And I love that you're saying that because I really want the listeners to hear this. I, I truly believe that if our primary motivator for wanting to pursue what's right is fear, yeah, then we will always be in a sense of, uh, we will always be pursuing that out of a sense, a need for control. Yeah. Because I think fear, um, Fear always makes us want to try to then get into control of everything, right? Yeah, because yeah. I'm afraid I'm going to lose my marriage. I need to control that. Yeah. I'm afraid I'm going to lose my kids. I need to control that. And the thing is, is freedom actually comes on the other side of that idea of control, which is surrender. Absolutely. And that is, let's talk about that for a little bit because that's that's where I want to kind of eventually go okay. in terms of this idea of shifting to more of a love motivation. Yeah. And I think that's a foreign concept to a lot of people in recovery of like, how does love motivate me to do what's right, you know? But this idea of moving from control to surrender, what are some obstacles that you see in a person's way of releasing control and actually then submitting fully to God? Because... That can seem like a very threatening proposition, right? If you've, yeah. if you've, if for one, if you don't know what a relationship with God means, um, but also if you don't know what it looks like to actually follow Jesus, this no. idea of giving up control can seem very threatening to a person who is feeling like they're losing everything anyway. Yeah, yeah. So I want to, I want to, um, yeah, I mean, I, I want to encourage them, and I want to get them to see that um, the relation, the relationship with Christ, is is what they're really longing for more than anything else. They may or may not see that or know that, yeah. but that's what they really are longing for, and they're they're covering that, they're masking that with 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 other things. And so, I I really believe that a, you know a lot of men don't. Um, don't know what their inner life. They don't have a voice for their inner world. 
they know in their outer world there's there's some things that are good and not so good, but their but their inner world is is kind of silent. Um, and so I want to lead them into a little bit more depth of just well, yeah, I know maybe you're looking at porn and your marriage is struggling or whatever, but I want to give them a language for for um, some inner things, a voice to their inner world. So for me, that would look like just asking them questions, sitting with them, hearing their story, um, probing a little deeper and, and asking things like, well, you know, so tell me about your, you know, your emotions or, or get to their belief system even of, of what do you really believe? What do you believe about yourself, number one? Um, if they have a very uh, shame-oriented view of themselves, um, they're going to be behaving out of that. And so, right. so identifying that and getting, getting below the surface of just the control or, or even the fear and, and, and identifying some, some lies that they're believing and being able to, to get them to say it, not just me coming out and saying it, but yeah. by asking the questions, I want them to be able to, I don't want to just feed guys information. In other words, I want right. them to be able to say, say what they're feeling and and what they're what they're believing and i would say that's one of the if i was to if i were to put this kind of in stages i would say that that's that's the first stage i think of helping somebody come out of that sense of fear and control is actually helping them if i can put it in these terms to give up their story because you know a lot of times even that sense of fear and control means i'm going to now control the information i give to you so that i can kind of still look good and i don't look like the jerk and i don't look like the guy that probably does deserve to get kicked out to the curb you know all that kind of stuff yeah so part of giving up control is saying hey tell me more you know as a as a counselor and as a coach and things like that that's probably one of the greatest phrases we can do to try to draw somebody out even more and saying can you give up a little bit more of your story to me? I know it could get ugly. It could get really difficult yeah. here, but that's part of, I think, that initial step in being able to then learn what does it mean to kind of get outside of this idea of I'm in control. And that's one of the things I believe that God has graced me with to be able to, um, I think he's gifted me with a, with an ability to sit with men in a one-on-one or small group situation where I I can become a safe place. I want to be a safe place for men. I think sometimes even in a group setting or or other dynamics, um, they may not be just forthright to share their story. So so at some point, I'm I'm going to be probing them, asking them questions, and, and give them give them a safe place. First of all, enter into their story and be empathetic and say, you know what, I know, I care, I yeah. care about what you're going through. I know I've been there, um, and then so 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 relatability and empathy there and then to give them give them a voice to be able to say hey you know here's here's what i'm really going through i'm experiencing this all this on the surface but i know there's something much deeper here and so so um you know i want to be able to be that safe place to be able to then say okay well i care i care about that i hear you i hear you number one i think i think men want to be heard and one of the things i'm finding is now i'm kind of meeting with guys as they they don't feel like they have a voice I've heard men say that several times. If they don't have a voice, and they and they're and they're they're maybe around a lot of people, a lot of men, but they don't feel heard and really listened to. Yeah, and I think this is this is another thing too. Then, if we can kind of transition towards just the helping helping men sort of shift the motivation, and I believe this takes a long time. Mm. I mean, I think our natural yeah. default in our in our sinfulness is we're going to default to fear. We're going to default to control. We're going to default to pride, right? All these mm-hmm. aspects of our brokenness. And so this idea of having a love motivation, and I want to talk about that a little bit because 
you know, if you look in the scriptures, you realize that if you boil things down, and I love to get things to kind of their simplest essence, really, I believe if you boil down what we were made for in our in its simplest essence, it was two things. It was to be loved and to love. Yeah. So we were made to love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all of our strength, right? Yeah. We were meant to love God. We were also meant to love others. Yeah. But we were also made for the love of God and the love of others. Yeah. And so... Talk a little bit about what that paradigm looks like that's so different from a control and fear paradigm that's essentially saying, I've got to try to grab and get what I can, and and I need to be in control, and ultimately my needs to get, need to get met. And and it's kind of a, it's almost like fear leads us to a scarcity mentality. Yeah. Like I've got to grab as much as I can. Whereas if we think about the infinite God that says, I love you, how do you... Where's the scarcity in that? Like, where's the want in yeah. that? You know, it's like we, David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Like, I I got all I need in him. Yeah. Does that make sense? So how do you help yeah. men to start to see the connection between that and their porn problem or their so, uh, so one of the, I mean, one of the things I just shared in my own story with guys is that that was really one of the lies that I was believing was, was that I was unlovable. Mm. There was something about me that that was just wrong with me, and I grew, I came from a good family, and I had I I had you know, I didn't suffer some of the things that other men are suffering through, but but there was something in me that was this voice inside of me that was saying you're you're not worthy, you're unlovable. There's something unlovable or wrong with you, and so so when porn was introduced, that fed that, it in a false way. It, it just gave me this sense of. You just come as you are, and 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 porn is it, it always going to accept you. It's always right. going to be there for you. It's always going to have your back, and it's always going to have that. And so, so it, it it provided that in a way falsely for for so many years. And so, so until I began to really, really embrace this absolute truth that nothing can change the fact that there's nothing more or nothing less that I can do um, to be out of God's love until I really fully, not just felt it, but it was almost like I had to faith it. Yeah. Even when I wasn't feeling it, I really had to just like, God, I trust you in this. I'm not feeling lovable right now. I know I maybe haven't done a bunch of lovable things, but I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that my identity is grounded in the fact that you love me. And as I began to then experience that, that completely changed mm-hmm. even my willingness to to have control of things and to be able to you know to just try to have any kind of control and see listen what I love what yeah. you're saying there and I want our listeners to kind of soak in that for just a minute this idea that that you are loved like mm-hmm. if you're out there listening and you're you're identifying with a little bit of what Matt's saying about this idea that there's just this these lies that are rattling around in your head going, but but I've done this, I've done that. You know, the accuser loves to come and shove all your sin in your face and say, that's why God can't love you. I want you to hear this truth that you are loved. And the reason God loves you is because he loves you. <laughs> he loves you. And, and the reason I think it's so important that that gets deep, deep, deep into our soul is because think about it for just a second. If we know that we know that we know mm. that we are loved. Doesn't that begin to change our motivation for wanting to actually live within the design of our creator who loves us? Absolutely. 
So the idea is because we know that he loves us when maybe nobody else on planet Earth does, and he's made us, and he says, I've made you with a purpose in mind, and therefore within that purpose, I've placed some boundaries around certain things because I want you to actually experience the fullness of the goodness of the life that I've created for you to have. I think until we get that understanding that God loves us in all of our brokenness, Mm -hmm. even in all of our poor willful choices, that he loves us, that I think begins to melt our heart and go, you know what? I I don't want to say no to porn because I'm afraid. I I want to say no to porn because I, I want to keep moving in the direction of where this love is pointing me. Because God's love does not point us in the direction of porn. It doesn't point us in the direction of hurting other people. It doesn't point us in the direction of selfishness, right? Yeah. So what would you say to that in terms of just how that deeply embedded truth begins to actually change our motivation for doing what's right? It's really almost everything of what I try. When I talk to a guy, I'm trying to get them to see that it's not just their behavior. It's, it's, it's what they believe. And so if they believe you know, one of the things I will say is that you're not just doing what you're doing. You're doing what you're doing because you're believing what you're believing. Mm, so good. if you're believing a lie or you're believing that you're un- unlovable and that you're unworthy, you're going to be displaying in you're your behavior go in that direction, right? yeah. things that are, that are, uh, that are unlovable. You're going to be doing, you're going to be act, acting out on that. And so it's getting them to kind of look in reverse or kind of this inside out. I use the phrase inside out living a lot where it's like, what do you really believe? Uh, about God. And if if you truly believe that God loves you, then that is a game changer Mm -hmm. for the way then that changes your thought pattern, your emotions, and then it filters into your behavior. But let's not start with the behavior. I know that you're, you're stuck in this pattern of looking at porn or whatever that is, but I want to backtrack and I want to go, I want to, I want to slowly work our way back and begin to see that if you truly experience at a deep level that you're loved by God, that is going to eventually change from the inside out everything. Now, how do you do this um, while there are very real behaviors yeah. that are present that are destructive? Because I can hear some some of our audience, yeah. and this was me when I yeah. first, you know, it's like, great. You want me to ultimately have this deep abiding sense of the love of God in my life that's going to transform the way I make decisions. Yeah. But I've got 20 years history of almost daily the behavior of looking at porn. So what do I do about that right now? So how do you yeah. help as you're trying to help this yeah. person travel towards this love motivation? What do you do with the behavior that's right in front of their face? So one of the things I want to do right away is get what I call, get them some wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a, I have a coaching background. So when I'm coaching, when I was coaching my, my players and my team, I want them to be successful. I want them to win. Uh, and so guys are out there losing all the time. They feel like they're losing all the time. Or even I hear the phrase, you know, I'm just a loser, whatever. Mm, yeah. um, and so I want to get them some early wins. And so an example of that will be behavior-based in the beginning. Uh, so, for example, one of the things that I will, I will do is I will provide a piece of accountability for them where I will check in with them daily uh, to say, how are things going? A lot of men don't are, are telling me they don't. They're finding they're having trouble finding accountability. They're having trouble finding. They're around a bunch of men, but they they aren't. They don't have anybody that can they can be real with and truly just expose yeah. themselves to. So I'm, I'm I'm providing that piece initially 
to give them some early wins to be able to say, hey, th- yeah, we are gonna we are gonna talk about the belief system, but we're also gonna get you some early early. I want them to be able to feel like there's some hope going forward here, uh, and so and and then when I then when I then so it's both at the same time. Then I start to address the belief system by kind of describing it as 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 kind of a root there, there this is you're looking at porn but that's not the that's not the real the real problem here the issue is you've got a belief system a root system if you will yeah. that i want to uproot i want to i want to uproot that and then i want to implant new a whole new belief system in you through god's word that would come through through counseling and and, and showing god's word to them mm-hmm. but to get them some early wins to be able to say uh, uh hey let's let, i'll hold you accountable and then also then to be able again to say hey let's i want to build a support team around you trying to trying to get them to see that from a coaching standpoint this is a team effort mm-hmm. i want you to have people in your life you can't do this alone. Um, I want you to have people in your life that are going to be able to support you, encourage you, build you up. Um, and and but I think the early wins are, are are important because they need to be able to know, hey, um, I'm I'm having some success here. Yeah, yeah. So, well, the, the time always goes by so <laughs> fast. But here's how I would like to close: is as you think about listeners out there, wherever they may be in their journey. Just what word of encouragement would you give to them? Because I think whether we're on day one or day 10,000, there's always going to be moments of discouragement or moments of just where we feel flat, we feel like we've plateaued, or we feel like we might even be going backwards. So just what encouragement would you give to listeners out there that might be feeling like, I'm struggling to take the next step? You know, this has been kind of my my mantra, if you will, for 2019. But it's it's this it's don't give up, mm-hmm. don't give up. Um, you are you are never too far out of God's reaches. You're never too far out of His love. Um, it may feel like that you've taken many steps back, but you're only one step, one turn away. Repentance says, all I need to do is turn toward Christ and run to Him. And that's only one step away. That's not all these things you have to do and trip over yourself. It is. It is. It is just literally just um, turning to Him and going yeah. to Him. And so that, just to not give up, just to stay in it. Um, I know in my own journey, it was like, man, I just want to quit. I just want to give up on this, and it's not worth it. And I'm like, it's worth it. Just stay with it. Yeah. And I always like to say that you know you you can't be considered a failure if you if you always get up when you fall. So the idea yeah. is, it's like, um, the other thing too is faithfulness. If you think about, that's a very biblical term, right? Yeah. Faithfulness doesn't mean we never fall. Faithfulness yeah. means we keep getting up. Yeah. So that's an important part too, because there may be listeners out there that you're going, I've fallen too many times. Well, are you still getting up? You're faithful. Your you're, Faithfulness is saying, I'm going to return to the commitment that I made to keep going in this direction. It doesn't mean you're never going to fall on that on that journey. And one of the things I would say, add to that too, is I want to, as I'm, as I'm interacting with a guy, I want to be able to have him celebrate those wins too. Yeah. Not, to, not to be in a prideful way, but to be able to say, even though he's maybe taken some steps back, but hey, look at the steps you've taken forward. Mm-hmm. Let's keep moving forward. But to be able to, to celebrate that through Jesus Christ, I think is, is important because that is a that infuses hope, that encourages, that gives you a win, even though you still may be occasionally looking at it. it it's 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 I don't know that we celebrate enough of the and, of the, of the wins. And of I'll the victories. tell you what, when I read my Bible, I'm like God's people are party people. Oh my goodness! Yeah, and I mean, think about all of the festivals and all of the celebrations yeah. and all of the feasts and all those kinds. Of, we're meant to be people that are celebrating yeah. the Passover and the celebrating yes. the communion and celebrating all these things. 
Uh, well, Matt, thanks for being with us. I, I really appreciate you yeah, being here. I know that yeah. you know your ministry is very much local here, but for those who are listening that are in our area, how can somebody get in touch with you maybe to to uh, to get some counseling or coaching from you? Yeah, right now. So right now I'm here in the San Antonio area. So I don't have a website at this point, but I uh, really can. You can reach out to me uh, through through my phone number um, and through 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 email. Um, but I'm available for 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 counseling and for coaching uh, in this area. And uh, do you want me to give you those? Those numbers, or? yeah, and I, we can put it. We can put <laughs> okay. them in the show notes too. But yeah, what, yeah. What is your... So my 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 number two one zero eight eight three six seven three two, and my email is uh, mgalbraith two thousand seven at gmail dot com. Yeah, and we'll make sure those are in the show notes as well. But uh, listeners, thanks for being with us, and thank you, Matt, for just that insight and thank just uh, for what you're doing and how God is is using you. We need more people in this space of ministry. Mm-hmm. So thanks. Thank you, Jonathan. Appreciate it. And listeners, uh, we hope to see you back here next time on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. Uh, Be sure to check us out at puresexradio.com or on Twitter at Pure Sex Radio. Take care. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.